Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. I'm your host, John Hare. And I'm Renee, John's wife. Four years ago, when we started the podcast, I kind of dragged Renee along for the ride. While I pursued writing, riding, photography, and horses, Renee still had a full-time job. But I'm retired now from that job, and now we get to spend a lot more time with our horses. The first thing we did after she retired was (laughs) head for Texas. We wanted to check out Austin. I left a week early um, and spent some time with my girlfriends checking out Austin, seeing what we should do. Had a great time. We checked out the uh, LBJ Museum. That was a a very fascinating um, history of LBJ. We spent a whole afternoon just going through the the different archives, following his career. It was. It was really well done. A lot of history. They did it chronologically. It was very easy to sort of track the the timeline of of his administration. And LBJ recorded tons of conversations, and they had uh, they had these little phones you could pick up, and you could hear this bits of history. It really changed my perspective of, or my perception of LBJ and what his presidency actually accomplished. Right. You listened to those phone calls, and it was like he was just a regular guy. And then they have something really strange going on <laughs> in. Uh, in Austin, and they have this bridge, and under this bridge, the, they li- there lives a whole bunch of Mexican-tailed bats, like, and they leave every night to go feed, and people gather and take boat rides, and they all want to see these bats leave from the bridge. So, so of course, when in Austin, we have to do what... You uh, have to do the bat thing. We do the bat <laughs> thing, so we went out there at dusk, and watched 750,000 bats leave for uh, a midnight snack, I think. To the cornfields. They love cornworms. And as our boat tour guide told us, the bridge was built in such a way as to allow for expansion in the heat. And those crevices that were built into the bridge made these wonderful natural nesting areas for the bats. So it was kind of a win-win. The farmers love the bats. It saves them a ton of money in insecticides. The bats love the bugs. The bats love the (laughs) bugs. And the city of Austin loves the tourists that come to watch the bats. (laughs) So everybody's happy. And it really is quite a sight. And there were a lot of bat crazy people. There were. (laughs) Yeah. They had their phones out taking pictures. It's pretty hard to take a picture of a bat that weighs 50 Grams. Grams. About two and a half ounces. <laughs> they're pretty tiny. <laughs> but but there are a whole bunch of them, so it, it was pretty fun. We we watched it from under the bridge, which maybe wasn't the best vantage point for watching the bats, just maybe because of the droppings. Oh, well, you don't <laughs> want to be under the bridge, that's for sure. I had seen it the week before with the girls on the boat, and from the water, it was pretty cool. Because you could see them stream out. But I thought we had a great view. We did, yeah. Right there. They were leaving right where we were. <laughs> and for the most part, Austin arranged to have a pretty nice weather while we were there. Even mm-hmm. the evenings were still very much in the 70s or so. But we did get to experience a real Texas thunderstorm that rolled through yeah. on whatever. Yes, a Texas thunderstorm. My goodness. 
It was a lot of thunder and lightning. It went right over Austin. Uh, about an inch and a half of rain fell with thunder and lightning. And wind. We were sitting in our little Airbnb converted garage <laughs> studio apartment thing and we thought a tree was going to hit us. <laughs> Hope, hoping that the oak tree that was uh, shading the place didn't uh, decide to Fall come down. on the yeah. roof, yeah. But everything held out and uh, it actually turned out to be a pretty nice day. Oh my day. gosh, we left at 12.30 and what, we didn't get back till 10.30 that night. That's we just right. walked around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a good day. And then while we were there, we did get to see uh, some horses. We learned about uh, a polo cross tournament that was going on in Copeland, which was about uh, about a 45-minute drive mm -hmm. away. And there we ran into some old friends that we had met in the Colorado Camp Draft, which was way back in 2013. We got to catch up with the Australian stock horse breeder Kelly Campbell and then met some uh, excellent players from Tennessee, Garrett and Braxton Hamlin. Mm -hmm. You got to speak with... Uh, Their mother, she was... Quite the fount of information, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so there were players from Tennessee, Alabama, Minnesota. This was a pretty big deal. And my gosh, if you've ever seen a polo cross event, these A players are amazing. It And the horses are amazing. They are like the best cow horse ever, but with a polo thing in the guy's hand. And they, I, they stop on a dime. They turn. They take off. It's it's fast. fast, and they've got a little racket. They've got to catch yeah. a ball in, and they're bouncing the ball. And there's, it's three on three for six minutes, and it's just nonstop, very intense. Yeah. Uh, the the Hamlins, uh, and they're looking to go to South Africa again this year to compete in the World Cup. Only about um, five to six thousand people play polo cross in the United States. But they said that the, they're putting up a, a, a competitive team this year. Very good. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, what's an interesting fact is that for this section of that A-level team, it is the two brothers, the two Hamlin brothers, twins. who are twins, mm -hmm. although not identical, and their father. Yeah. So, according to mom, dad can be the, like the... The problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not going to the World Cup. Yeah, so I do. Uh, it was a windy day out in Copeland. I did get some interview uh, time with Garrett Hamlin, and I'm going to play that for you now. Not too much of it because it was so windy. A lot of that audio just uh, we weren't able to to uh, filter out the sound too much. It was just really blowing and, and blustery out there. It blew my hot dog off a table. <laughs> <laughs> she was really hungry. <laughs> pissed that that happened. <laughs> so here's a short piece with uh, uh, Garrett Hamlin and talking about polo cross. We showed up to the Lone Star Polo Cross Club. It was the second match of the season. Polo cross matches consist of chukkas and there are different levels. After an A-level chukka, as the players walked off the field, I went up and introduced myself. The players untack and rinse their horses after every chukka. I tagged along and asked questions. I met up with... Garrett, that's my twin brother Braxton right here. This is Megan Wagner. She's on the World Cup squad team as well. We stumbled across some really good polo cross players. They were traveling to South Africa for the World Cup. In polo cross, the best players come from Australia and South Africa. Yeah, they've won the past two World Cups, I believe. They're very, very good. So it'll be great for our team to go there and get pushed and get really into it. 
While I was familiar with the term polo cross, I didn't know what actually happened at a match. So I asked Garrett Hamlin, what is polo cross? It's a polo cross, mixture of polo and lacrosse. But in polo, you know, you play multiple horses. You have a new horse for each chucker. And in polo cross, we play the same horse throughout the entire tournament. And that, you have a lot of strategy. You want your horse to be very fit, but very team oriented. You can have a team with one strong player and two weaker players, but you won't do so good. Very team oriented. If you have a solid team, you'll play well. Um, like we have three solid players on our team here, and we played very well this last match. Not only is the sport team oriented, it's very family oriented too. We saw all different levels of players, and we saw all ages of players, from little kids to, with their parents leading them around the polo cross field, to full grown adults and uh, even a few seniors out there playing. I just got to school. I'm a pilot. I'm teaching people to fly, so I'm living in North Carolina, and my brother, that's why I say it's family-oriented, because you need people that will lend you a hand, help you out. My brother, the twin brother, he's the one who works all the horses pretty much. Just because I got a new job, I moved, and life got in the way, but I'm lucky enough to where I have somebody to help me out. Some people have to do something for a job or whatever, and they don't have somebody to work their horse. You know, So I'm very fortunate, and it's that guy right there. That's my dad cool. sitting down, um, and he, he's our number two playing with us uh-huh, yeah. last night. Props to him, he's put a lot of work in. And all these horses, he found pretty much. We've ridden and trained all together, but he, he's a farrier, shoes horses, and he finds, and he knows what to look for, for polo, polo cross or polo horse. Garrett gave me a tour of his horses and explained the attributes of each. This horse right here is my number one favorite horse I've ever competed in. I've played in Australia, England, South Africa. I've played everywhere. He's my number one favorite horse I've ever played in. The, and he's an appendix, quarter horse, Cross with a thoroughbred. So he's half quarter horse, half thoroughbred. And in polo cross, as you can see, we're very forward, very fast moving. Right. So the last thing you want in a horse is a horse that you have to make go. Uh, you don't want a horse to run away with you, but you don't want to have to make them go. You don't want to have to crop them or kick them to go. You want them to just ask for it and, okay, we're going. No problem. Another thing I, I like in a horse, and this is his best attribute, is he never, ever gets tired. Just like racehorses, you know, you've heard the phrase, they'll run until they die. And he probably would. I mean, I've, I've never heard of a horse doing that. But at the end of a weekend, if I'm playing at Nationals, which is the biggest thing we have here for USA Polo Cross is Nationals, and I'm playing every match all out, even though we fit them out for whatever we need, they still can take its toll. So the best attribute about him is we can go in the last chukka of the last match of the last game of Nationals, and he's going to run and go as fast and as hard as he did as he did in the first match just because that's his that's just how he is some horses are not like that at all and that has to deal with the thoroughbred soon then we walked down the aisle a little bit and saw a horse i really liked i liked the shape of it was a quarter horse this horse she's just as good just as fast but she's full quarter horse and she'll go the first day no problem and then the second day the first match she'll probably be great and the last match she'll just be a hair sluggish and that's something that can take its toll and make you lose, et cetera. This horse, we've, we've joked about it. She's not built. Like, if you look at this horse like out in the pasture, you would never guess that she's a top A-grade horse. Mm-hmm. But she is. She's just one of those freaks of nature that can do it. The third horse in his string was a really fine-boned thoroughbred. This horse, she's a full thoroughbred, and you see how small she is. You know, it's hard to find super small thoroughbreds like that. And she's very old now. She's playing a lower division. Like, some people will just play horse in A grade at the speed we play until they just can't play anymore, which we we found is we don't like. It's pretty cruel. Yeah. So, like, this horse, she's 
16 or 17. My twin brother played her for years in A grade, full speed, the, the whole works. And he decided now she's getting up in her years. She can still play, and our mom is playing her now in a lower division just to be nice for mm-hmm. the horse. And that way, if we need her, we can always bring her up. You know, right. we're not just playing her and running her into the ground until she can't play anymore, which is we like to, you know, give our horses a break, send them down to a lower division, and retire pretty much, just their retirement. Then I wondered about the age of the horse. Is it like roping? The older a horse gets, the the better they get in the sport. So I asked Garrett what the case was in polo cross. No, that is not the equivalent here. In this game, what it takes to have a very good horse in this game is very good stop, very good rollbacks and turns, and good cow sense. What I mean by cow sense is I was playing the three out here, which I'm the defender for the goal okay. against their shooter. So I want my horse to be able to read their horse and react off of them. You know, even though I'm going to tell them where to go, I want them to read that other horse and kind of guess what we're going to do. And when I tell them to do it, they're they're on it. Some horses don't have very good cow sense, meaning you get in there to defend the goal, and then the shooter makes a turn, and you say, okay, I need a turn. And the horse is saying, oh, no, I need a turn now, because he's telling me to, and that point it can be a hair too late. Right. So it really, 100% horse in this game. You can be the best player in the world and be on a very poor horse and you will be very effective. You'll be able to do so because your racket skills are so good, but it's all horse. If you're mounted well and you have good teammates, good execution, you should be able to play with anyone. Yeah, that's pretty cool about that polo cross, Renee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the reasons we wanted to go to Austin was because we like music and we tried to find some music. We, we really did. We tried uh, really hard. <laughs> one thing that you should know about Austin is that a lot of places are dark uh, Sunday and Monday, mm-hmm. and that was most of our days there were uh, Sunday and Monday. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know... And then somebody told us about this great place called Threadgills right. because they always have live music, and it was pretty close by, so we walked on over, and they were open, and it was nice, and we saw the band unloading their equipment, and when we got to the front door, it said, private party, 4 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so we went in, we had a beer, <laughs> and that, that, but then we had to leave. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't hear any of that music. No. The week before, two weeks before, was South by Southwest, right. and then we did notice that there were some really good people playing after we left. <laughs> And I saw some great, you know, this, and this always happens to me, I saw some great signs for music on our way to the airport as we were leaving town. Yeah. But, uh, but what we did find was a little tiny place called The Hideout, and we also like comedy too, and they do a little improv show. Not a little, it was, it was, it was a good. Sub- it was... substantial improv show yeah. on, on the Sunday night. And mm-hmm. They do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And Sunday's the, the big the big finale for the the classes that that work out there and that was a lot of fun so it was it was a lot of fun so we got we didn't get to dance but we got to laugh which was <laughs> pretty good we like that yeah and the and there's great shopping and oh south congress is like the place to go for these funky little shops and and they were great we went in and visited a few found a a, a cool memento to bring back home and then one of the stores was a big boot store, huge books boot store. Boots, yeah, yeah. I had never seen so many pretty boots in my life, and and they had quite the price range. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they did. <laughs> Most of them. That they range... started like normal boot prices, and then they went up. <laughs> 
most of them were out of the range of my credit cards. Yeah, well, they're more than I want to spend on a pair of... You know what? These are boots for like going out, and I don't necessarily need boots for going out. Right. <laughs> I like them for riding. <laughs> but yeah, they had, they had a very nice selection, and a lot of people were shopping there. It was, it was pretty fun. And there were just tons of great places to eat there. Mm -hmm. uh, we ate at a place called the Roaring Fork that would had to, to serve some really good food. Right downtown. That wasn't too mm -hmm. far from the capital. And then we just spent one afternoon just walking around, almost like a pub pub crawl. Mm -hmm. We just walked yeah. around and yeah. we'd snack someplace, have a beer, have a Texas beer, and then move on to the next yeah, place. Yeah, that's fun. We were walking like seven and a half miles, so we were allowed to have a beer. Right. Or Since two. We, yeah. <laughs> really needed a horse yeah there you go <laughs> so all in all it was a real uh relaxing time in austin texas we had a, a great time and it was a, a fantastic way to kick off your retirement yeah. it was it was perfect yes so I guess that'll do it for this show. Yeah. Okay. We'll get back to talking more horses next week. But um, we really want to thank the city of Austin for their hospitality. Although that was more sirens than I have ever <laughs> heard anywhere. Ever. Just so you know. And any other cities that have music and or horses are certainly encouraged to contact us for a visit. Yeah, we're cheap. We'll go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'll visit, and then we like most everything, so we'll yeah. give you a good review. We're, we're and, pretty easy. Yeah, just, <laughs> <air> away. <laughs> so thanks to everyone who offered a suggestion about our visit to Austin. They were all very, really good. Oh, did we talk about Salt Licks? We didn't talk about We Salt didn't, Licks. and that was an amazing place, yeah. Salt Licks Barbecue. That came from one of our listeners, It did. Too. We, and went, we drove out to Driftwood, which was about uh -huh. a 45-minute drive outside of austin and when you pull in it's just this huge parking lot so you know that there are times when they have a lot of people there and um, we had a really nice lunch we had a sampler platter so we got to try a lot of different things that famous texas barbecue we mm -hmm. got the sausage and uh, brisket turkey and a rib and a rib yeah oh, man, oh and my good. favorite was actually the sides the beans and the um potato salad was mm -hmm. excellent and the coleslaw mm -hmm. was excellent she's a very good judge of coleslaw i love coleslaw so thanks for that <laughs> suggestion and we had a really great time um so hey pick up all the episodes of the woe podcast on itunes stitcher and google play or wherever you find your podcasts or just go to wopodcast.com, um, hit su subscribe, and you'll never miss an episode. Check out some of the back episodes. You'll find a podcast on just about any subject. And if you don't, just shoot me an email, and I'll work at getting one out for you. You can email me at john at wopodcast.com. Take us along when you ride or drive or just working around the barn. Woe Podcast is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I hope you follow our posts. Need more? You can join our mailing list at wopodcast.com. Every Friday, I'll send you a quick tip, something you can do to build a better relationship with your horse with just a few minutes of practice. Thanks again for listening to the show and sharing the podcast. We hope to bring you some interesting guests in the coming months. Until next time, this is Renee Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>